Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work. You can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. Marion Tupi is the co-author of Superabundance, the story of population growth Innovation and Human Flourishing on an Infinitely Bountiful Planet. Such an interesting line. Well, uh, title for the book. We'll also uh, visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. My wife, Linda, will be joining us as well. It is October the 11th, and on this day in 1793, the death toll from a yellow fever epidemic in Philadelphia hit 100. By the time it ended, 5,000 people were dead. Yellow fever or American plague, it is known at the time, is a viral disease that begins with fever and muscle pain. Next, victims often become jaundiced, hence the term yellow fever. As their liver and kidneys cease to function normally, some of the afflicted then suffer even worse symptoms. Famous early American Cotton Mather described it as a turning yellow and then vomiting and bleeding in every way. Internal bleeding in the digestive tract caused bloody vomit. Many victims uh, became delirious before dying. The first yellow fever outbreaks in the United States occurred in the late 1690s. Nearly 100 years later, in the late summer of 1793, refugees from a yellow fever epidemic in the Caribbean fled to Philadelphia. Within weeks, people throughout the city were experiencing symptoms. By the middle of October, 100 people were dying from the virus every day. Caring for the victims so strained public services that the local city uh, government collapsed. Philadelphia was uh, the seat of the United States government at the time, but federal authorities simply evacuated in face of the raging epidemic. Eventually, a cold front eliminated Philadelphia's mosquito population, and the death toll fell to 20 per day by October the 26th. Today, a vaccine prevents yellow fever in much of the world, though thousands of people still die every year from the uh, disease. Again, plague at the, at the time, yellow fever, 1793. Well, today, October the 11th, marks the final day Floridians can register to cast their vote in the 2022 midterm elections. And you can do it a number of places. You can register at the Supervisor of Elections Office or any office, including a tax collector's office that uh, issues driver's licenses or Florida identification cards. Uh, and you can re- register even at a public library. So the important thing is to vote on November the 8th. You need to be registered, and today is the last day to do it. should be number one on your checklist if you haven't registered to, uh, by now. While students returned to class in Cuyahoga County in big numbers after the hurricane, the percent of enrollment uh, enrolled students showing up for the first day back in class was 93.33%. Or 45,051 students. That's pretty darn good. And at the close of school on Friday, 94.1% of students attended school. So uh, kids are back in school and uh, getting close to quote-unquote normalcy, as Warren G. Harding once called it. 
Well, today, Southwest Florida International Airport will resume normal flight operations after the hurricane passed, uh, reopened solely to allow flights carrying uh, aid workers and emergency responders to travel. Travelers should be aware of the following uh, at RSW, according to the uh, Port Authority. It's possible that some of the amenities will not be available, for example, limited food and so forth. There will also be no access to drinking water in the terminal until the boiled water notice in our region has been rescinded. I know that it has in Collier County. Don't know about Lee. Uh, and the restrooms will be open, and the airport also requests that only people traveling come to the airport, not visitors or people who want to see them off. Well, the only TV debate between Republican Governor Ron DeSantis and Democrat Charlie Crist has been rescheduled for October the 24th after being postponed in the aftermath of Hurricane Ian. Uh, in uh, WPEC-TV, CBS 12, and West Palm Beach will air the debate at 7 p.m. and from Fort Pierce Sunrise Theater. It's also being broadcast statewide on TV stations after being moved from its original October the 12th date. Hurricane Ian's impact on Southwest Florida has commanded much of the DeSantis' recent focus. Chris, a three-term member of Congress from St. Petersburg and you know, a former Florida Re uh, Republican governor, Chain Gang Charlie, they called him at one time, if you can believe that, also has been making stops in the region, helping deliver food and supplies, and basically campaigning. Both campaigns, though, have maintained a significant TV and social media presence. Even as the storm recovery work continues, the TV debate will take place the first day early voting begins in Florida, uh, heading towards the November the 8th election. Real Clear Politics polling average shows DeSantis with a 7% lead, and the Mason-Dixon polling and strategy, which gives him an 11% edge, with only 6% undecided. So DeSantis, uh, seen as a potential White House contender, of course, in two years, has uh, far outraised Christ $187 million in his war chest compared to Christ, who has only $24 million raised for the campaign. Uh, big significant difference. The money difference has helped DeSantis gain an overwhelming advertising, advertising advantage. The Wesleyan Median Project reported late last month that DeSantis held a 15-to-1 lead over Christ and broadcast advertising totals with 13,000 airings during the previous two-week period, compared to 881 for Christ. The statewide TV debate could prove Christ's best shot at changing the race trajectory. I have serious doubts about that. No question in my mind that DeSantis is going <laughs> to absolutely pummel Car Charlie Crist, as uh, so many have done recently. A lot of re uh, Democrats are saying, you know, I don't even want to debate. We'll talk about that in a moment. Incumbent Alaskan uh, Lisa Murkowski, she's the senator, is uh, in danger of losing the seat she's held for two decades to challenge her from her own party, backed by Florida or by former President Trump. The Republican has roughly 99% chance to win next month's Alaskan Senate election with Republican challenger Kelly uh, Shibaka considered most likely to emerge with a victory at 53% according to the election forecasters. Shibaka, a Trump-backed Republican challenger who has previously served as commissioner of the Alaska Department of Administration, is currently locked in a tight battle with Murkowski after the incumbent Senator uh, generated controversy by supporting the impeachment of former President Trump. Alaska's 2022 race is unique, though, in, in that it, in the 2020 ballot measure in which voters approved ranking choice voting in the state's elections, meaning both Shabaka and Murkowski will appear on the ballot despite being members of the same party. 
The two merged as the top two candidates in the state's nonpartisan blanket primary in August and will face off with Democrat candidate Patricia Chesbro in the November election. Murkowski has faced criticism for her vote to impeach Trump and her outreach to Democrats, with critics accusing the incumbent of not doing enough to fight back against President Biden's agenda. Originally appointed to the Senate in 2002, Murkowski has long been a swing vote during partisan Senate battles, ranking in the second most liberal Republican senator, according to GovTrack analysis. Her ranking puts her in the left to the left of Senator Joe Manchin, who's a Democrat in the Senate's most conservative uh, Democrat. Murkowski was uh, censured by the state's Republican Party after a vote to convict Trump during the second impeachment trial, resulting in a vow to recruit a challenger to fill her seat. She has received the backing of Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, who threw her, his weight behind the Senate uh, veteran despite Trump's campaign against her. Now, this is kind of a subtle uh, theme uh, right now, McConnell, I think, is trying to obstruct Trump's efforts to be the uh, kingmaker in the Republican Party. Uh, he's going to fail at this, quite frankly, and uh, I think probably Shabaka is going to probably win the race. And uh, again, it'll be another example of how McConnell has losing his influence and grip on the Senate power. Well, Republican senator uh, or candidate J.D. Vance hammered uh, Republican Tim Ryan on the issue of illegal immigration and crime during Monday evening's debate, he just literally creamed Tim Ryan, J.D. Vance. 27-year-old illegal alien Gerson Fuentes was arrested and charged in July with raping a girl in Columbus, Ohio, who had become pregnant. The case was cited by President Biden after the Supreme Court's overruling of Roe v. Wade because the girl traveled to undergo an abortion on June 30th at six weeks of pregnancy. During the debate, Vance said he supported exemptions to abortion in cases of rape and incest. Those exemptions allowed the Ohio girl to undergo her abortion in the state of Indiana. At the same time, Vance blasted Ryan for his years-long support for mass immigration, lax border enforcement, and amnesty for illegal aliens, suggesting illegal alien crimes like the Ohio rape case are partially the result of lawmakers like the long-term Democrat congressman. You voted so many times against border wall funding, so many times for amnesty, Vance said. If you had done your job, she would never have been raped in the first place, he said. So true. Fuentes has been a uh, able to live in the United States for at least seven years, working at a cafe despite his illegal alien status. The Immigration and Customs Enforcement, or ICE agency, uh, said that they, they had not previously encountered Fuentes until his arrest for allegedly raping the girl. So, uh... J.D. Vance did extremely well last night. I understand he just creamed him in the debate, although I did not see it. But uh, again, standing well in another debate. <clears throat> and since winning the uh, September the 13th GOP primary, U.S. Senate nominee David Bolduke, I'm sorry, Don Bolduke, has made at least 40 in-person public campaign appearances, including a series of almost daily town halls where he takes questions unscreened from the uh, crowd over the same period of time, ending Sunday, how many live appearances has uh, incumbent Senate, Senator Maggie Hassan made? Four. And uh, none of them allowed open access to the press. In fact, in the nearly 100 days since the 4th of July holiday, Hassan has made just 15 in-state, in-person campaign appearances, about one per week, 
Meanwhile, both during and the primary and after, Bolduc has averaged more than two per day, according to the resources. Now, she has a lot more money than uh, $24 million, for example, compared to 500000 for uh, Bolduc. But, uh, you know, again, this uh, campaign, this retail campaigning and being out there and shaking the hands of their folks and talking to them, uh, he has a good chance of winning. In fact, he's leading in the race right now. And former President Donald Trump said that Biden's administration is targeting pro-life activists following a recent spate of FBI arrests during Saturday night rally in Nevada. Trump said President Joe Biden and federal officials are turning America into a police state after several arrests of high-profile pro-life activities. Before our very eyes, Biden and his left-wing handlers are turning America into a police state, said Trump who then accused the White House of ignoring vandalism and arson attacks against pregnancy centers and pro-life organizations following the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade. Boy, this is so true. And in fact, Tucker Carlson highlighted that, highlighted that last night in his show, hauling off a guy who, what he was doing is singing hymns. It was peaceful demonstration at, a, at an abortion clinic. And for that, he's being accused of a crime that could lead to 11 years incarceration. It's just stunning how politicized and weaponized these agencies like the CIA, I'm sorry, the FBI, and the Department of Justice have become. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up. We're going to be visiting with Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. 
everyone. Every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CallYourSeniorCenter.org. That's CallYourSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Call Your Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative. The website is thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Marion Tootby, the co-author of Superabundance. Right now we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. Hope you all survived the storm. Um, I'm having trouble hearing you. There's a I'm outside because I don't have cell service, so I have to stand in the middle of the street, and there's a truck going by. <laughs> I'm so, so sorry. Oh, I'll tell well, thank okay. you for thank you for making the effort to to do the interview. I, I just mentioned I was just hoping that you all survived the storm. Well, um, you know, my family is safe. My dad is safe. Uh, my house had uh, four, actually between four and six feet of water. So. Oh. You know, we lost a lot, uh, all our furniture, except, interestingly, uh, solid wood furniture. Uh, we were able to get somebody in to, you know, some of the antiques to uh, come in and dry them out and clean them up, and we were able to save some of it. So, you know, that was a little small blessing. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry about that, but so many people suffered so much right now. Exactly. And, and I must say the yeah. state of Florida and Collier County, I think together they've done a terrific job after this uh, this horrific storm. Oh, no question. I You know, Collier County has uh, particularly has some great emergency management people. <coughs> the city of Naples, um, they started making sweeps right away, uh, picking up debris. Um, you know, it's going to be a while, though. People are... Excuse me. Some people are just coming back now, right? And starting to do the process of uh, cleaning out their homes, and so there's more and more debris out there. And and unfortunately, from what I understand, uh, if you wait more than a couple of days, you're going to lose a lot more because the mold starts growing. Yeah. Um, And I think we're going to have we're going to have challenges uh, challenges with whether people are going to replace, repair, restore those kind of things. Well, you know, for the last 10 years, I've been saying, uh, I want to clean out our storage area in our business. Well, you did a pretty good job of doing that. I Everything was washed yeah. washed out. So uh, my minor blessing in all this horrific uh, activity. Now, yeah. now, I know that top of mind for you going into this legislative session is, is affordable housing. And right. uh, the, this only exacerbates the problem, doesn't it? It does. Uh, we're going to have to get uh, creative, even more creative than, than than I've been saying. Uh, you know, we we're going to have to start looking at some of those manufactured homes. Um, I had a tour of one of the plants that uh, makes them. They do a, they build a house in six days, 
like an assembly line. Yeah. Uh, all hurricane code and everything. And they're really beautiful homes. So in some of the, you know, exterior areas, we might be able to start that process. And then uh, temporarily for people that are displaced, I think local governments are going to have to let them put uh, uh, motorhomes or trailers on their property while they rebuild. Because there's no rental housing yeah. available. Um and, you know, you can't live in all these houses. So it's going to be a challenge. Now, don't I recall that, that in one of the hurricanes, FEMA came through and created a lot of different, uh, well, I'll call them uh, temporary housing. Uh, right. Are, uh, is there any th- availability or have we had communications with FEMA about that? As far as I know, that has not been brought up yet. I think that that's something that should happen. I'm, they had a lot of them in the panhandle uh, under Michael. <laughs> My my thought is that a lot of people are still living in them. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't know uh, the status um, of that, and we're going to have to look at it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, here we are, four weeks, twenty nine days. I think it is twenty eight days until the midterms. Uh, any any updates or thoughts? Well, we we still feel very confident of uh, of our Republican victories, um, particularly in the state. Uh, our state, the uh, Democrats are basically in disarray. They're all fighting each other. We're, we're solid. We're, you know, we're working together, and, and I think we're going to do well. I'm a little troubled by uh, the issue of will we lose a lot of votes in Southwest Florida because people um, either, you know, are not as invested in voting because there's so many other things on their mind uh, or, or challenges getting to the polls, and we'll. We'll do our best to make sure people can vote, make it make it easy to vote, as we always try to do. Yeah, well, there's a uh, I think a lot of energy among uh, the GOP voters compared to the uh, Democrat voters. Well, I hope that's the case yeah. in any event. Yeah, I think so. I, I think so too. Yeah, Kathleen Pasadomo again, our state senator. And by the way, as of uh, the, the first of the year, when the legislative session starts, soon to be our president of the Senate in uh, the state of Florida. Kathy, just so genuinely appreciative of your time here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with uh, Marion Tupi. He's a very interesting guy. He's a, a co-author of a book called Super Abundance, the story of population growth, innovation, and human flourishing on an infinitely bountiful planet. What an interesting line, especially when you think about Margaret Sanger and... Uh, 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 Thomas Malthus, who said that we need to have less people on the planet. That's kind of an interesting theme. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. 
Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. You can find out more and get tickets by visiting golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Marion Tupi. He is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute's Center for Global Liberty and Prosperity. He's also the author of a new book, Superabundance, the story of population growth, innovation, and human flourishing on an infinitely bountiful planet. Marion, thank you so much for joining us here on the, on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Tell us about the Cato Institute. Well, Cato Institute is a libertarian think tank in Washington, D.C. It was established in 1977, uh, originally in San Francisco, then moved to D.C. Um, and uh, we are basically a uh, public policy organization. We try to impact public policy in a number of different areas, uh, the Constitution, uh, taxation, um, healthcare, uh, economic development, uh, and so forth. Terrific organization, libertarian organization, Cato.org is the website, C-A-T-O.org. Marion, you wrote an interesting column, Does the World Face an Underpopulation Problem? That's usually the question, the opposite is being asked. Do we have an overpopulation problem? You've also written this book, Superabundance, The Story of Population Growth, Innovation, and Human Flourishing on an Infinitely Bountiful Planet. That is a, almost the opposite of Thomas Malthus and uh, Margaret Sanger and, and some of these uh, uh, people, naysayers, who are saying that we've got too many people on the planet. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, the last 200 years, in the last 200 years, uh, the world population has, ex- has exploded, basically, from 1 billion people in 1800 to 8 billion people in, uh, on November 15th uh, this year. It will be uh, 8 billion people. And yet, um, American standards of living have risen by 24-fold and global standards of living by 12-fold. So the, 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 something is going on there, right? So yes. originally, people had thought that if you have more people in the world, um, you're going to run out of resources and everybody is going to become much poorer and uh, many people are going to starve. And the opposite has happened. Uh, we have added 7 billion people to the world in the last 200 years, and yet we are all richer, we live longer, um, 
uh, we are more educated, uh, even more tolerant in many ways. So the world has improved, uh, and the argument that we are making in the book is very simple. Um, every human being that comes into the world uh, is uh, born not only with an empty stomach, but also with a pair of hands, and much more importantly, with a brain. And so the more people we have, the more innovators we have, the more thinkers we have, um, the more tink uh, tinkerers we have. And all of these people, when they live in a free society where they're able to exchange information, talk, publish, etc., come up with innovations that allow us to, uh, to, to grow more prosperous. So, in fact, on average, human beings are not a detraction from the world, destroyers of the world, but quite the contrary, improvers of the world and improvers of humanity. I love that story, and, and, and actually the metric that I'm most impressed about is uh, you use the whole notion of how long uh, does a person have to work to buy a certain unit of, uh, for example, food or whatever it might be, and the numbers are astounding that you outlined in, in, the, in your column about uh, how the number, how uh, the time that you have to spend working to get something has been reduced so many times. Yes. So in our book, we don't deal with dollars and cents. Uh, what we do is we deal with what we call time prices. In other words, how many minutes uh, you have to work uh, in order to afford something. We measure things in time, not with money. And the beauty of it is that you don't have to worry about uh, inflation. You know, a lot of people have a problem with government statistics and inflation. They wonder, um, you know, is the government lying to us? Do they have the right measures? Uh, how do I know what's the right, um, what's the right price level? And, uh, but when you deal with time, uh, how many minutes does it take you to earn something? Uh, time is a, a universal constant. It doesn't change, um, and everybody has the same amount of time in their day. So when we looked at uh, uh, standards of living of, uh, let's say, a manufacturing laborer in the United States, our data goes back to 1850, and uh, we, have, we have found that, for example, for the same amount of time that would, that would let you buy a pound of rice in 1850, um, you now get uh, almost 100 pounds of rice uh, in, in, uh, in, in, in 2020. Uh, pork, instead of one pound, you now get 75 pounds of pork. Hmm. Uh, instead of one pound of cotton, you get almost 70 pounds of cotton. Now, and, and people may ask, well, does that, is, is that good enough? In other words, uh, people sometimes say, okay, so instead of one pound of pork in 1850, I now get 75 for the same amount of labor. What does that tell me about standards of living? And here I think that a bit of a historical um, memory uh, may be useful. Uh, you know, for thousands of years, living standards have not changed at all. Uh, whatever your grandparents' living standard was, your parents' living standard was, yours was, your children would be, and so forth. And in the last 200 years, we have really just spectacularly increased our standards of living, and basically things like food and uh, raw materials and fuel uh, and even some services are much cheaper than they used to be. So true, and I would attribute that you had mentioned innovation, but also the tools of production have increased uh, so much that instead of, for example, using a spoon to dig a hole, you have now a steam shovel. So it just infinitely or dramatically increases the productivity of each human being having the proper tools. Well, that's right. Uh, you see, productivity, uh, productivity uh, sort of shows itself both in uh, the price of, of something, but also in the wages of people. So, for example, 
so so the problem with just looking at prices uh, like uh, you know real prices inflation adjusted prices they're just looking at um, at the price of a good let's say a pound of beef and they compare it across time they uh, they adjust for inflation and that will tell us how things how expensive or how cheap things are but productivity also shows up in people's wages uh, on average over a very long period of time people's productivity has been increasing and uh, uh, at a higher rate than than inflation that's the productivity right um, and and so our wages have been growing at a faster pace than inflation now ironically enough we now speak in 2022 this year is an exception mm-hmm. right every american knows that our wages are increasing at a slower rate than inflation. Therefore, all of us are becoming poorer. Um, but, but, but that has not been the trend over the last 40 years or over the last 200 years. And that needs to be borne in mind, is that, is that this economic progress that we find, it, it's not guaranteed. It doesn't happen on a smooth curve. You know, sometimes we make two steps forward, one step back. Right now, because of a lot of bad policies, uh, by our governments, we are in this situation where wages are growing at a slower pace than inflation. But but that that doesn't have to be the case. I, I guess the most important thing uh, to take away from the book is that there are no physical limits on our ability to produce more stuff and to become more prosperous. But of course, that doesn't mean that politicians cannot make our lives more difficult by messing policy. Uh, so well said. That's absolutely what the case is right now. We simply need to get the people in office who really are looking out after our best interests and who want to uh, improve the quality of lives of uh, uh, the average American, uh, for sure. So, I mean, there's some other voices out there, though, right now that uh, are important voices that are saying, uh, we need to have less people on the planet. We need to uh, we need in somehow, some way to, to uh, rein in the growth of the population so that uh, we will be able to survive here as a, as a species. Uh, and there's some important voices uh, voicing that, that type of concern. What is your response to them? Well, the data shows the exact opposite. I mean, it, it's, it's just a fact that in the last 200 years, the world population rose from 1 billion to 8 billion, and yet American standards of living have increased 24-fold and global standards of living 12-fold. So, 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 so the data clearly shows that the more people you have, the more prosperous planet is. And that's because uh, we are able to uh, use these extra people in order to create more value through innovations and in- inventions and so forth. Um, um, I, I just, you know, the, people... <laughs> but then again, you know, people have been doomsaying and freaking out um, about 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 population forever for about two and a half thousand years. Right. So, um, you know, I mean, I cannot account for the fact that people are not looking at the data, but are constantly predicting an, an apocalypse. You know, there is there is there is an apocalypse type of apocalyptic person who just keeps on uh, talking nonsense, and I I don't really know what to tell them except to point them to the fact and say, how is it that the world is getting more populous yet it is getting richer? Yeah. For goodness sake, look what happened in China over the last 40 years. Uh, so uh, they, have, they, have, they, they have turned their country from dirt poor place where people ate mud in order to survive to a place with high-speed rails and a decent standard of living. The same thing is happening in India, the most populous country in the world. So um, 
the data simply doesn't support that. Yeah, but the the, the Chinese one uh, child per family policy is uh, really turning on them and, and really creating, creating a major problem for China. So demonstrating, in fact, that you're absolutely right in these naysayers, which I think has come, become somewhat of a cottage industry, are really not correct. Well, I mean, you would expect a communist government to make mistakes and to shoot itself in the foot. I mean, that's what communists have been doing for the last 120 years, constantly making terrible mistakes. And one of the biggest mistakes that China has made was this insane policy of one-child policy. Little babies were aborted against their mother's will. They were drowned in buckets in hospitals. They were left exposed. Uh. Women and men were forced into sterilization. Some 400 million people were prevented from being born in China over the last 40 years. And now they're facing this massive problem where they have many more boys than girls because, yeah. of course, the Chinese culture prefers boys over girls. And that means that many men in China can never hope to find a wife. And that also means that, you know, they're going to turn to crime. We, we do have very good data on that. The other thing that's happening is that the Chinese population pyramid looks awful. It doesn't look like a healthy pyramid. And so who is going to fill out all those jobs that are going to be emptied when uh, elderly Chinese retire from the work workspace? Uh, who is going to be paying uh, all the Chinese debts and promises it has made to the retirees? Who yeah. is going to be um, um, who's going to be supporting uh, the, their economy? I mean, my my view is that China has peaked, essentially. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, we have seen peak China because simply uh, they cannot sustain economic growth without people and without freedom. Uh, you see, freedom is a very important component of this of this book that we have written. Uh, just having a lot of people is simply not enough. China has been the most populous country in the world for two and a half thousand years. And yet they were dirt poor. You, you need to have people, but you also have to have freedom. And uh, China simply cannot go on growing uh, in an atmosphere of ever-growing uh, dictatorship and, uh, and, and, and uh, oppression. Uh, Marianne Tupi, again, co-author of Superabundance, the story of population growth, innovation, and human flourishing on an infinitely bound, bountiful planet. I know you've got it at website. Where can people get the book? Well, they can go to superabundance.com, and they will find many different buying options, or they can simply go to Amazon, um, and, and if it's sold out, um, cato.org. We also sell the book on our own website, so uh, there are plenty of options. Okay, Marion, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank My you. pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting uh, with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. 
You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Uh, we have with us uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. Welcome back. Oh, thank you, Seton. I appreciate it so much. Uh, Seton, tell us about less government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, even in hurricanes. <laughs> it's been somewhat of a losing battle, but a real open market for sure, Seton. So you wrote a really interesting column, uh, Farms, Energy, Semi-Chips. We must protect and expand our domestic production. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, this is like a, a culmination piece of a lot of things I've been thinking on a lot of different issues. It's there are certain there are certain things that have been well everything's been eviscerated in our, in our economy over the last fifty years. We've outsourced pretty much everything. You know, Trump started to reverse that trend, which is why they went absolutely bananas and try you know drove him out of office questionably. Um, and you know the the, the the example right now that that leaps most to mind, of course, is energy because we were independent of the planet. Just two years ago, less than less than two years ago, mm -hmm. we, Trump had set us up to be not just a self-sufficient country, but an exporter of the energies. We were making money on it, not just you know. So now we're you know now we're freaking out because OPEC's going to reduce by two million barrels a day. Well, that that didn't matter a year and a half ago. That was irrelevant. Um, food. We've uh, you know I'm watching all these stories about you know. Fat Bill Gates, who wants to tell, tell us all to eat soy, which ups estrogen levels in males. Um, you know, Fat Bill Gates is buying, he owns more farmland than anybody else in, in America. And he's just taking it offline. Yeah. He's, he's not growing anything on it. Plus, we've got the government having, Biden is expanding that program. We talked about this months ago, 
where they pay people not to farm. And in the, when the Ukraine war started, farmers went to the government and said, please, let us farm this land. If, if, if we're going to lose crops due to the war, let's replicate them here. Let's grow them. And the Biden administration said no. And, of course, China's buying more and more and more farmland, much of it strategically located next to, I don't know, air, military bases and the like. Right. So, I mean, it's – so. We're, we're, we're cutting our own throats when it comes to food manufacturing, in addition to energy manufacturing. And then, of course, the semiconductor chips are the engine of the information economy, which is only now beginning to start, right? Yep. And we don't make any of them. 80% of the semiconductor chips are made in Asia, and they're in 50% plus, 54% are made in Taiwan. Well, China's about to take back Taiwan. Um, I saw a guy with whom I agree. I can't pronounce his name. He was on CNBC yesterday, and he said, the only reason Xi Jinping of China has waited this long is because he's trying to get an unprecedented third term as president of the Communist Party. That happens this month. So the clock begins this month on when he takes Taiwan, because then he'll, by then he'll have situated... You know, he'll have solidified power, and he's going to just take he's just going to take it over after that. And of course, most of the rest of the eighty percent is in is in China's sphere of you know semiconductor manufacturing and production is in China's sphere, and they can do to them what they're going to do to Taiwan. They're just going to slurp it all up. Yeah. Um. And so we don't make anything here anymore. And I'm, I, you know, I'm hoping I'm hoping that the this all being exposed by the government lockdowns um, in the name of a flu, um, the, the, the fact that it became painfully obvious we don't make anything, and we still are having supply chain issues all over the place, um, irris- irrespective of the hurricane you guys are suffering, it's happening all over the place. My, my buddy, the radio host, Chris Plant in D.C., talks about going to the grocery store and seeing empty shelves like it's freaking... Soviet Moscow, yeah. uh, all over the place, um, aisle after aisle with empty shelves. Well, what is this, a third world Soviet, you know, what are we, a Soviet Republic? I mean, this has happened intentionally. We, this, is, this has been done intentionally to weaken us, to thin us out, to hollow us out, and we need to reverse all of this. We need to re- restore domestic farming. We need to stop paying, paying people not to farm, you know, wh- if we have farmland that we're paying not to farm, I would only accept that if we were importing nothing from the rest of the planet. Right. That was not, that was not, that was not climate, you know, we're not going to grow mangoes in, in, in the United States. It's not warm enough. Maybe in Florida. I don't know. But I'm not a farmer. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anything, anything, we, anything we can grow, we should be growing. And if we're importing any of it, Wheat. We can grow wheat. Why are we importing wheat from Ukraine? Why does it matter that Ukraine's wheat is all fine? We have tons of land we're not using. Grow wheat on it, yeah. you morons. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I, I think finally on November the 8th, we're going to have a chance to have our say when it comes to the midterms. These policies. Well, my only concern is there was a lot of chicanery in 2020, and very little of the chicanery has been fixed. You're right, but uh, we can only hope that the election results uh, bear fruit for us because right now this administration is working against the 
the interests of the American public, and we that, need to have people in, in, in uh, power, political power, who can uh, get us back on the right track. Well, I've, always, I've said for decades, we have to win outside the margin of theft. You know, they always say in polling, you have to, you know, the, there's a margin of error. Right. Well, there's a margin of theft out, outside of which we have to get with our vote total. Well, um, who can forget so, 2020 when the elections, when everything stopped and the, the algorithms had to be fixed in the machines in order to to, to steal the election? counting in Pennsylvania and then started counting in the morning. Yeah. And when they stopped <laughs> counting, Trump was ahead. And when they started counting again, hey, look. Biden won Pennsylvania. What a shocker. Oh, my gosh. Stealing in plain sight, it's just unbelievable. It's kind of like the streets of New York now. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm looking for Snake Plissken, Escape from New York. Yes. <laughs> Seat Miley again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit the website, lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seaton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. She's my wife. She's also extremely well-informed of what's happening around the world and right here on the Paradise Coast. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Hearing that Blue Provence uh, commercial reminds me that, of course, they're not open for reservations right now. They're going to be going through a renovation because uh, the interior of the Blue Provence, the wonderful restaurant, was pretty much decimated uh, during Ian. But I know that uh, Jacques 
We'll pull together and make it a more beautiful place uh, again for dining. In the meantime, we have with us Linda Harden. You know, Blue Provence is, is open. It's just wide open. <laughs> it's exactly. Well, the, <laughs> the other thing. The came right through and opened it up. They have a, a world-class wine store, a wine uh, operation. It is uh, one of the ranked one of the best in the world. By Wine Spectator and others. Yeah, so uh, you can go to Blue Provence and get uh, a beautiful bottle of wine or a case of wine. Nice discount if you get a case or you get 12 bottles or more. Again, Blue Provence uh, right there, uh, a French restaurant and also wine purveyor down in the uh what, what is that area what is it called um i don't know it's 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 anyhow not, it's, it's near close it, to, it's close to tin city i don't know what that exactly well it's it's from. it's uh close to the uh boat yard or the uh like that, that's not what they call it but anyhow <laughs> it's it's uh located on 12th Street south i think or i've forgotten anyhow it's a beautiful place it's right next to the water which has been its demise twice that, that's exactly right hey i understand you've got some breaking news breaking news it's very exciting first of all which i didn't mention to you off air was that um the democrats you know uh, kamala harris and and her group of know nothings are pushing that uh democrats should run on the abortion issue push 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 right. that's all so now james carville you know that uh, that democrat um uh, strategist and whatever is saying and and bernie sanders are saying the democrats are stupid to run on that that's not what people are thinking about right it's like it's like their eyes are being opened they the people are waking up and they're actually seeing that and to that point my breaking news is that um and I just saw this, that Tulsi Gabbard, who ran for president uh, in uh, 20, when, 2016. Um, 2020, wasn't it? No. I well, I don't remember. It was yeah. recently. Anyway, yes, it was 2020. Um, she's left the, the Democrat Party. She says, they disgust me now. They're, the principles that they, that they stand on disgust me. Huh. And I just think that's so cool because how often she's been on Fox more and more, appearing on Tucker, appearing on Jesse Waters, and you and I both said to each other, you know what, she should just leave the Democrat Party, whether she was hearing our vibes from far away, but she's done it, and I think that is so cool. Well, of course, that doesn't mean she's joined the uh, Republican Party. I hope she will. Well, I mean, she could be decide I mean, to be an independent. Well, yes, but but the fact that she's not a Democrat anymore, yes. and uh, let, I mean, let's talk about that debate last night in Ohio between J.D. Vance and Tim Ryan. Yeah, Tim Ryan, I mean, they're they're saying after after I watched some clips of of the back and forth between them, um, Tim Ryan so, sounds more like a Republican than he ever did. He's saying, "Oh, we need we need to get a tax cut for the middle class," and and. It's, Chameleon. He's the, oh my goodness. He's a, they are so phony. And his voting record lines up perfectly with Nancy Pelosi. In other words, he's he's lying. And J.D. Vance, of course, real bright guy. And if you haven't read Hillbilly Elegy, it's a great read. It's an amusing read in many ways. Made but, a movie out of it. And, and they made a movie of it. I haven't seen the movie yet. But uh, J.D. Vance is a rock star, and he's going to do a great... And by the way, Katie Hobbs won't debate... Uh, is she the worst candidate in the whole wide she world? She is. Even the even the Democrats are going. Wait a minute. If you've got a if you've got talking points, if you've got a, a platform, then you should debate her. Yeah, she um, won't even. She's she's even got a rule that uh, that uh, her opponent can't be in in the same room when she's talking or on stage. Well, you know what that tells me. She is scared to death. She is of of our. 
Carrie Lake. I and mean, she is, speaking of Carrie Lake, who, who made an appearance at uh, the Trump rally this weekend in Mesa, Arizona, who was, what a couple of days that, that, that wasn't Donald that Trump um, spoke to all those tens of thousands of people. Tens of thousands of people, and we were able to watch uh, the one on Sunday because it started at an earlier hour. The other one on Saturday started at about 10.30 our time, uh, Trump speaking, that, that is. And uh, in any event, his message was so great. He talked for more than two hours. Yeah, you know what I loved about his speech, too, was that, you know, they, um, the uh, FBI raided uh, Mar-a-Lago and, and took all those... Uh, boxes or documents that he had there. And so he spent a while, at least on the Sunday uh, afternoon speech, about all the other presidents who have kept documents that Bill uh, Bill Clinton lost, lost the nuclear code. He lost it. He was keeping secret documents in his sock drawer. And as a result, there's a socks law, which means you cannot, you cannot uh, uh, indict or, or... uh, criminalize uh, when a president takes documents. George H.W. Bush did it. Uh, George Bush did it. Oh, Barack Obama did it. All these presidents, and yet they're targeting, the, targeting Trump. The hypocrisy is glaring. It is so glaring. Uh, dual system of justice. There's no question. Of course, uh, Trump also, Donald Trump also highlighted the uh, notion of coming after pro-life activists. And uh, this story that uh, Tucker Carlson told last night about the a uh, man with several kids, I guess seven or eight kids. Uh, he was. They came to his door, and I'm talking about the FBI with guns drawn, AK-47s, AK-47s, taking uh, taking him out in front of his kids, taking him out to the FBI. Would not give an explanation to his wife and his his uh, crime. It's singing hymns at a Planned Parenthood. Uh, <laughs> location he they he, they refused to leave the, leave the location uh so it was one of these uh, martin luther king types of protests but uh, he refused to leave along with the, the other members and so now he's facing 11 years in jail you know that's but the, remember what tucker tucker carlson uh posted on or was talking about in that in on that topic was that he was posting uh biden and, and uh kamala harris uh saying that we're going to get, we're going to kill babies no matter what. Meaning they're going to push abortions no matter what, and we're going to we're going to push back against people who don't want that. And that's part of that. Yeah, these well. people are satanic. I'm sorry, they just they are the they are the party of death and destruction. Well, so I, I think uh, this is all again. November eighth is such an important date. We all need to make sure we're registered. Just a reminder: today is the last day you can register in Florida. Register to vote for the November eighth election. So vote in person if you can, and and if if um, like Bob and I do when we fill out our ballots, we personally deliver them to the the election office. We don't trust the post office. No, I don't. No, I don't. And and so uh, we deliver them, and they and we have a. Uh, they have a mechanism where they will tell you that your vote is counted, yeah, which you is very go cool. Go to their website. It's so so informative and so well run. The elections here in Collier County, as they are for the most part around Florida. So again, make sure you vote for November eighth, and uh, let's we need to change because right now this country is going down the tubes under this leadership, and we can only do our part, and that's to vote uh, in the midterm elections. Lena, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank can I just make one more sure, comment? Sure, of course. Okay, so um, I was out walking yesterday and was eyeball, eyeballing the damage by um, Hurricane Ian. 
And I would just encourage people who are listening to this, who are thinking about coming down to Florida, to just cool your jets for a while and yeah. wait because there is so much damage. Uh, walls have been torn up by downed trees along Pelican Bay Boulevard. Um, people still have iffy uh, power issues. The Ritz Carlton still doesn't have full power, yeah. and and all the the uh, beachfront or uh, Gulf front um, residences and condo buildings north of the Ritz are still dark, yeah. and and they're still trying to work, work, work to get power back. So I would encourage everybody to just, you know, don't rush back here. One of our friends said, "I want to come back back to get." Um, my life back to normal down there. I said, well, life is not normal here yet. (laughs) Not yet. No. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Tomorrow, we're going to visit with Bob Levy, the chairman of the Cato Institute. Well, he's actually not the chairman anymore. He's just uh, retired as chairman after 14 years of that great organization and how he's a emeritus member of the staff there. And it's his birthday tomorrow. Is that right? Yes, it is. And also coming up, uh, we'll get a visit with Andrew Jopp, a professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Uh, always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.